Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the death and rape of Alyssa Nasita in Linwood, Washington. Let's get right to it. Alyssa Maynacito was a gorgeous 18-year-old girl with a contagious laugh and a zest for life. She was funny and had a large group of friends. She wanted to enjoy every moment of her life, and that could land her in a little bit of trouble sometimes. But we've all been 18 before, right? I don't know about you, but I was a train wreck. In early 2018, Alyssa was a student at Mariner High School. According to the New York Times, she had recently split up from her boyfriend and wanted to take her mind off things, so she decided to go to a party at a mobile home of a man she had known for quite a while. Besides, it was Saturday night. I mean, what 18-year-old girl isn't trying to find a good party? She was excited, but her mom didn't really want her to go. She just had a bad feeling. However, Alyssa was 18 now. There really wasn't much she could do. Despite her mother's pleas, on February 3rd, 2018, Alyssa got all gussied up, grabbed a change of clothes since she had plans to spend the night, and headed to that mobile home in which 19-year-old Brian Varela shared with his roommate. She would never be seen alive again. Alyssa doesn't come home that next day, or even the next. Her family, especially her mother, is growing increasingly worried. Nobody's heard from her. Where could Alyssa be? Alyssa's mother starts reaching out to her friends and makes a post on her Facebook page on Monday, February 5th, indicating that Alyssa is unaccounted for and they're concerned. According to BuzzFeed News, on Monday, February 5th, there's another post made on social media, this time on Alyssa's Snapchat, and everyone seemed to breathe a sigh of relief. The post makes it seem like Alyssa has just run off and they think she'll be back soon, right? Except she doesn't call anyone, text anyone, reach out to her mom, just a single post on her Snapchat account. On Tuesday, February 6th, a call to authorities is placed by an employee at the local Dairy Queen, stating he knows what has happened to Alyssa Nasita and where her body is. A Dairy Queen employee? How does he know? Turns out Alyssa's friend Brian Varela was also an employee at that same Dairy Queen. This employee knew Brian, and he had also seen that post made by Alyssa's mom saying Alyssa was missing. And the details he gives police about Alyssa's sudden disappearance are disturbing. So disturbing, in fact, that according to ExpressDigest.com, police immediately respond to the home of Brian Varela where they find Alyssa Maynacita's lifeless body stashed inside a black plastic bin in Varela's bedroom. According to the Washington Post, police questioned 19-year-old Varela, and he said Alyssa snorted a fat line of perks that she had brought to the party herself. He also said he and Alyssa had sex, 
consensual, of course. However, Alyssa seemed really out of it while they were having sex, and then this bitch actually tilted his head back and rolled his eyes to the back of his head to demonstrate for the detectives exactly what he meant by really out of it. He then claims Alyssa snorted some more Percocet, and he gave her some highly concentrated liquid THC, which she smoked, and in 30 to 60 seconds, she just collapsed. He then calls 911, right? Wrong. Varela claims he was too tired to call authorities, so instead, he goes to sleep. The next morning when he wakes up, Alyssa is dead next to him in the bed. Okay, now he calls 911. Except he doesn't. Nope. Instead, he goes to work at the Dairy Queen and works a double shift, then stops by his mother's house to get that bin Alyssa's body was found in. I mean, who doesn't go to their mother's house to get tools to hide bodies? And then he washes Alyssa's body to try and remove his DNA and put her in that bin. KOMO News reports he had planned to pack that bin with onions to mask the odor of a decomposing body. And Varela himself admits to police that he had plans of disposing of Alyssa's body later that day. Am I in the freaking twilight zone? If that sex was so consensual, which doesn't sound very consensual to me, if by your own admission she's really out of it, but let's try and follow your trail of bullshit here for a minute, why wash a dead body to remove your DNA? Why hide a body in the first place if she brought the drugs, took the drugs herself, and simply overdosed? Why not call 911? Is it possible you've seen a very young girl in a very compromising position and you just went ahead and took full advantage of that with zero regard for her life? According to theheraldnet.com, Brian Varela was formally charged on February 23, 2018 with first-degree manslaughter and second-degree rape. And it's then that the full details of what happened to Alyssa begin to emerge. See, the story Varela told the police isn't the first story, or the second, or the third. We're on like story 876.7 to 15 different people. Okay, maybe that's a little exaggerated, but not by much. All Brian Varela has done is talk about what happened to the beautiful Alyssa. And if you thought the light version of the story was disturbing... Wait until you hear the truth of what happened the night of February 3rd, 2018. Warning, this shit will disturb you to your core. It's true, Alyssa did come over to Brian's trailer for a party, and at some point they went into his bedroom, just the two of them. Alyssa did take some drugs that night, some of which Brian Varela himself provided, according to USA Today. He admits to providing Alyssa with that THC concentrate. But there's a discrepancy over whether Alyssa had brought those Percocet with her or whether Brian Varela had actually provided those as well. Of course, Varela claims Alyssa brought them. However, Varela's roommate claimed that on the day of the party, Brian Varela was showing off a box of pills he referred to as Perks. A box of three unidentified white pills was later found in his bedroom on a desk right alongside his smoking devices, according to TheHerald.net. And I'm just going to leave that right there. Alyssa Nasita did die of a drug overdose, but the drugs responsible for her death weren't THC and Percocet. 
No, no. It is later revealed through court documents that Alyssa Manacita had a fatal mix of fentanyl and Xanax in her system. Did Brian know the pills contained fentanyl? Was Alyssa aware? I don't think we'll ever really know the true answer to that. According to drugabuse.gov, combining opioids and benzodiazepines can be dangerous because both types of drugs sedate users and suppress breathing, which suppressed breathing is what causes fatal overdoses. Mixing the two also impairs cognitive functions. I repeat, impairs cognitive functions. And just a side note here, regardless of the dangers, unfortunately, many people are prescribed both drugs simultaneously. A study in North Carolina found that the overdose death rate among patients receiving both a benzodiazepine and an opiate was 10 times higher than those only receiving opiates. If you're being prescribed both, please talk to your doctor about the risks. Okay, back to the story. Investigators begin questioning those Varela was around at the time of Alyssa's death, and every new detail that emerges is more jaw-dropping than the last. Brian Varela conveniently left a lot out in his statements to police, and there are text messages and photo documentation and truckloads of evidence to prove it. According to the Washington Post, Alyssa collapsed just seconds after she took the second round of drugs. Brian Varela was still in the room and knew what was happening instantly. He knew Alyssa was overdosing. He freaking knew. And how do we know he knew? Because at 11.30 p.m. on February 3rd, 2018, according to reports obtained by the Herald Net, he googled, what to do if someone overdoses on perks. And you know what comes up when you Google those terms? Get immediate help, call 911. It is very clear that an overdose of an opiate, such as Percocet or any other opiate, is a life or death situation, and medical attention should be sought immediately. Don't pass go, don't collect $200, seek medical attention. But Brian Varela, had other plans. Just one minute after that Google search, Brian Varela snaps a picture of Alyssa lying on her back, wearing nothing except a white pair of Calvin Klein underwear, clearly unconscious with swollen blue, purplish lips. This douche canoe sends this photo to three of his coworkers in a group message along with text stating, LOL, I think she OD'd, still breathing. I'm smashing her to pass the time. And in case you didn't know, smashing is a slang term for sex. The more you know. Replace the word smashing with raping and maybe we're on the right track. An 18-year-old friend of Varela's that was in this group message actually had the freaking audacity to ask Varela to send video of Alyssa, mostly naked and clearly overdosing. Varela doesn't send a video. However, at 11.36 p.m., he wrote back, but not joking, she OD, bruh. Bruh, maybe you should have an ounce of decency and call 911 instead of texting your friends. And that's me speaking, and not any of the dimwits in this group chat, but I'm sure you knew that already. Varela then adds that he could continue to sexually assault her and uses what the Herald Net calls a vulgar acronym to suggest that he was laughing. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume it's 
LMFAO, or some variation. At 11.38 p.m., Varela sends another photo of Alyssa. One of the co-workers in the group responds with, She looks dead, and the same dude just moments later. Bro, you killed her. It's unclear if that's the same co-worker asking for videos, or another jackass in this group. You've got to be shitting me. Not only does Brian Varela have an utter disregard for Alyssa's life, it seems none of his friends give two shits either. It's clear everyone knows Alyssa is dying, but no one does a damn thing to help her. Instead, she's sexually assaulted and her assault is joked about in a group text. They're joking about the rape of a human being while she is dying of an overdose. Let that sink in. And none of these other guys in this group text were ever charged with anything. According to the Washington Post, Varela then plays online games for an undetermined amount of time, then crawls into his bed and goes to sleep right next to Alyssa as she lies there, each breath she takes more shallow than the last. At some point in the night, Alyssa Nasita draws her final breath. Varela would tell police that he was too tired to seek help, but he damn sure wasn't too tired for online games. Varela wakes up the next morning and finds Alyssa cold with foam coming out of her mouth and blood dripping from her nose, according to the Washington Post. He calls his roommate for help. The roommate checked Alyssa's pulse, and when he didn't find one, he advised Varela to call the police. But he doesn't. Instead, Varela gets ready for his shift at Dairy Queen in Linwood and is sure to lock his bedroom door on the way out. And he doesn't stop joking and bragging about what has happened to Alyssa, even while at work. According to court documents obtained by the Herald Net, Varela tells co-workers that he wasn't sure if she was alive or dead while they were having sex. And by having sex, I mean while he raped her. Having sex implies consciousness, and we already know Alyssa never regained consciousness. Co-workers allege that as Varela is recounting the story of what happened to Alyssa, it seems he is boasting that she died while having sex with him. Like he's proud of what has happened. There are absolutely no words, only a string of expletives that could probably get me kicked off the internet. He also tells those same co-workers of his plans to bury Alyssa's body in Marysville, about 20 miles away from his home in Linwood. Varela again texted that group of friends around 4.45 p.m. saying, I think I'm leaving to Mexico, fellas. And this really isn't too far-fetched. According to police reports obtained by the Herald Net, Varela is a U.S. citizen but has close family friends who live in Mexico. Around 11 p.m., he stops by his mother's house, a house he had been kicked out of in recent months, according again to the Herald Net, because of drugs and a gang lifestyle. While at his mother's, he obtains that black plastic bin Alyssa's body was found in. He returned back to the trailer and washed Alyssa's body in an effort to destroy DNA evidence, according to reports. And it only gets worse. He snaps yet another photo of Alyssa Nasita at 2.58 a.m. on Monday, February 5th. And while we don't have an exact time of death, 
But through the course of the investigation, we know that Alyssa passed away somewhere in the very late hours of Saturday, February 3rd, or the wee hours of Sunday, February 4th. She had been deceased for over 24 hours when Varela decided he needed to snap another photograph of her body. According to People.com, Varela himself made an admission to a co-worker that he had to break Alyssa's legs in order to stuff her body in the crate. He then tosses a sheet over the crate and goes to sleep. What level of evil does it take to rape someone as they lay dying, joke about it to your friends, break the bones of a woman you just watched die, and stuff her body in a bin, and then just crawl in your bed like nothing's happened and go to sleep? When Varela awoke the next morning and learned that Alyssa's family was looking for her, he realized he's got to do something because people are going public with the fact that Alyssa was missing. And what does Brian Varela decide to do? Let me tell you. According to his own statements to police obtained by theheraldnet.com, he grabs his phone, makes some more Google searches. This time it's how to hide a dead body, and how to bypass the passcode on an iPhone. And as we all know, it's damn near impossible to bypass an iPhone passcode. But Brian Varela isn't giving up. He really wanted to make a post on Alyssa's Snapchat account to throw everyone off, thinking she has simply ran away. So he grabbed Alyssa's phone, went over to the bin he had just stuffed her body in the night before, and used her thumb to unlock her iPhone 8, and he does just that. He posts, I'm out. Bye. He then disposed of Alyssa's phone in the woods near that Dairy Queen he worked at. And if you're outraged about the actions Brian Varela took that night, well, buckle up, Buttercup. It's about to get stupid. Prosecutors strike a deal, and on September 20th, 2018, Brian Varela pled guilty in a Linwood courtroom to second-degree manslaughter, third-degree rape, and unlawful disposal of human remains, which is a misdemeanor. This mountain of evidence, and they made a deal. His original charge of first-degree manslaughter, which is defined in the state of Washington as recklessly causing the death of another person, according to FindLaw.com, was pled down to second-degree which basically just takes the reckless part out of the equation. Do you think Varela's actions that night were reckless? Second-degree rape in the state of Washington is when the person engages in sexual intercourse with another person when the victim is incapable of consent by reason of being physically helpless or mentally incapacitated. By Brian Varela's own admission, Alyssa was incapable of consent. But again, it's pled down a degree and Varela pled guilty to third degree rape. And that unlawful disposal of human remains charge, frankly, it's a joke. You don't face hard time for that in pretty much any state. In this case, as I said, it's just a misdemeanor. I get it. Sometimes deals have to be made. But prosecutors were well aware of the time Varela would face with that plea deal and they made that deal with the devil anyway. On November 15, 2018, at his sentencing, Brian Varela addressed the court, stating, 
I'm sorry for my foolish actions. Whatever I get is what I deserve. But many people, yours truly included, don't think Brian Varela got even close to what he deserved. Judge Linda Kreese sentenced Brian Varela to 34 months in prison. You heard that correct. 34 months. People have served longer sentences for crimes that didn't physically hurt anyone. Stolen property, drug possession, missing a court date, and that's just to name a few. Brian Varela served less than three years after he raped Alyssa, covered up his crimes, and desecrated her body in the process. Not to mention the fact that he sat by while she died. And I say served because he served out his sentence and is now a free man, if you want to call him that. Where is the justice in that? Because I'm looking all over and I don't see an ounce of justice anywhere. Alyssa's family and friends were outraged and rightfully so. Judge Kreese herself didn't think the sentence was adequate for the crimes committed, stating she could understand why family and friends of the victim were surprised and outraged, going on further to say, frankly, I too find the available sentence to be really inadequate to what happened here, adding that she has seen auto theft cases with more serious penalties and that she's not sure the legislator really contemplated something like this. Judge Kreese imposed the maximum sentence the laws on the book would allow. Her hands were tied. And what law are we talking about here? Washington State uses a system of scoring an offender to determine sentencing. It can get pretty complex, but basically an offender gets a score. The score is comprised adult and juvenile history of violent and nonviolent convictions, current offenses, and whether or not the offender was on community custody when the crime was committed. Different offenses have a different number score. The offender score is calculated and then cross-referenced with the new offense. So kind of think of it like a table type chart. One side is the offender score and the other is the new offense and what that sentence could be. Map it out and where they meet in the middle, bingo, the judge has a sentence. The judge doesn't get to decide. This algorithm of scores does. While Brian Varela, according to sources that knew him, did have a history of drugs and that gangster activity his mama was talking about, he had not yet been busted by police and therefore had no criminal record. So his sentence was very light. Other states have similar scoring systems or first offender status, where if it's your first offense, it's likely you'll serve no jail time or get a lighter sentence. Of course, the laws vary widely from state to state. I'm actually a huge supporter of first offender status, but only when it makes sense. For example, someone with a substance abuse problem gets caught with a very small amount of their drug of choice. It's obvious it's for personal use and they agree to go to court-ordered rehab. Upon completion and a certain amount of time with no additional trouble, that possession charge is scrubbed from their record so that they can have better opportunities and they don't have this criminal record hanging above their head. I support that. I've seen that really help someone get back on their feet. But if your first offense is a triple homicide, I'm sorry, I really don't give a shit if it's your first offense and you can throw those points right on out the window. 
a rape, assault, or any other type of violent crime, yeah, shove that first offender status right where the sun doesn't shine. Lady Justice is blind, but she ain't stupid. Alyssa Nacido was a stunning 18-year-old girl who had her whole life ahead of her. The Herald Net spoke with Alyssa's mother. She described Alyssa as a social butterfly who was excited to get back in school. She was extremely close with her family, especially her seven-year-old little sister. She was close to getting her driver's license and had just applied for a new job. She had so much to look forward to, but her life was so tragically cut short. And yeah, she made a bad decision that night, but it shouldn't have cost her her life. We'll never know if Alyssa could have been saved because nobody even attempted. Instead, she was raped and mocked. Alyssa Nasita didn't get the justice she deserved, and neither did her friends and family. The system failed them. And sadly, there's nothing that can be done to get Alyssa justice. But let's not let her death be in vain. Know the laws in your own state, and if something doesn't make sense, do something about it. Start a petition, speak to legislatures. Let's hold our elected officials responsible. Make the change because Alyssa could be your daughter, your friend, or your sister. I'll post some more information on Alyssa's case on my Facebook, at least of these, and on my Instagram, at least underscore of these. New episodes drop every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, do your girl a favor and leave a review. I love hearing feedback from you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.